Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. Pastor Mario has been teaching about covering your mouth. And I, by far, can say this was the most challenging one for me in terms of his series. So many reasons, because we use our mouth for so many things. We say so much. We speak defeat more than we speak life. We speak ourselves in a hole versus speaking ourselves out of the hole. And I am chief among all of those. So... um, When the Lord led me to speak today, I said, wow, God, you got a sense of humor because you know me. I speak some things, not curse words. Please, y'all, work on your mouths. I seen a lot of hands go up. Please work on your curse words. But anyway, he has been preaching on covering your mouth. And one of the things he has been speaking about is what kind of fruit you have. And then think before you speak part one and part two. And so as I conclude this message, I pose you today to speak to it. And it can be anything that is in your life, anything that you're dealing with. It, state of confusion. It, trauma. It, baby mama drama. It, baby daddy drama. It, broken marriages. It, bitterness. It, suicidal thoughts. Whatever your it is, it's time to speak to it. Here in scripture, we have Ezekiel. Ezekiel is the prophet. Ezekiel has spoke on the behalf of God in so many ways. But this particular time, we are where Ezekiel and God meet up in a valley. And in this valley, God has had his people, Israel, in exile, meaning in oppression and separated from their normal way of life. And they've been in this for 14 years. And during this time, God is finally ready to bring some things back up for Israel. And so he begins to take the man of God and take him into a valley. And as he takes him into a valley, he walks with him because it says the presence of the Lord was with him. So if you're going to walk in some dark places, you better make sure you got the presence of the Lord with you. Because walking alone keeps you in a hole, stuck, confused, lost, And you will never come out on your own. But Ezekiel had the presence of the Lord and he began to walk with him through the valley. And it says, as they were walking through the valley, God posed the question, what do you see, man of God? And he says, I see lifeless, dried up bones with no hope and no future. Just 
just stuck. I mean, no movement unless I move them. No life unless I can provide it. He said, what do you see? And he tells them, I see bones of lifeless and dried up. And then he asks them, son of God, mortal man, can these bones live? And it says, uh, scholar says that Ezekiel really in reality saw the death situations and really felt like, nah, God, ain't no hope for this. But out of his faith, he spoke what he knew that he couldn't see. So in order for you to speak to it, you're going to have to open your mouth. Open your mouth and declare that your situation can't stay stuck. Open your mouth and, and, and declare that the dead things can't not stay dead. And he said, what do, you, what do you see? And he said, I see lifeless. And in order for us to move forward and speak to it, you got to use your mouth. You don't use your mouth to stay stuck. You use your mouth to speak life. You use your, uh, you use your mouth to say, yea, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. You use your mouth to say, we've been made and do it for a night, but God's joy comes in the morning. You use your mouth to say, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff. It comforts me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You got to walk. And while you're walking, you got to open your mouth to find some form of life but how do we find life and how do we open our mouth when we are burdened down and we're crushed and we are despaired and we're pressed down on every side i remember living a life of deadness and as i said in the opening, I was once in a sinful state of life, a life of a system that tried to shape me, a life that tried to define me. And no one took me in the valley and asked me, could I live again? No one took me in the valley and asked me to speak to my situation. So, as this week occurred this week with the Breonna Taylor situation, I reflected on my life and how it looked to be Breonna Taylor over 20 years ago. In my life, I was highly involved in some activities and I remember the US Marshals coming to my door the time I was a mom of two young kids and I remember them telling me towering over me and they said we are coming to look for so-and-so and I said he is not here and they said well we need to search 
And so they began to search in areas that I had never even known that I was in my apartment. And I remember them looking at my kids. And they told me, if we catch them, you will never see these babies again. That time of my life, I was hopeless. So this week was personal for me. Because I've lived a life where I've been profiled. I lived a life where things were dead. I lived a life where it was hopeless. But I'm here to stand today and say, those two kids, one graduated college, and one is on the drums playing for the Lord. So I am a living testament of what it means for God to redeem and resurrect a Breonna Taylor. Because had it not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? You couldn't have told me I was going to be a preacher's wife. You couldn't have told me that my husband would be preaching any type of gospel because my beginnings don't look like where I'm currently at. My beginnings started right here. And so how can I stay stuck where I have to start walking through the valleys and telling babies to rise up? Because God wants to give you life. And I have to continue to say, yeah, you might be down, but baby, get up. That was the purpose of me coming out. That's the purpose of why my house was when home invasion came in, took a gunpoint with my kids. God made sure he spared my life so I can make sure I can help somebody else get up. That's the purpose of me being in the valley with the bones to make sure that I'm raising them up from the dead. So this thing is personal to me. These lives are personal to me because I've lived a life where I've been still, where I have been a part of the system. And if you ain't never been in the valley, you don't know what it takes to come out of the valley mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to pull yourself out of a system that tries to keep you down. A system that says you will never make it because you was a teenage mom. You will never make it because of your environments and the things that you have been through. But the devil is a lie. I come to open up my mouth and declare the works of the Lord in my life. So in order for you to get where you need to be, you got to open up your mouth. You can't stay down. And even if you just setting up, you got to get up. And then the next thing you got to do is clap back. It says, and I ain't talking about that clap back that y'all use. Y'all clap back to folks. Y'all talk stone stone crazy to folks. No, you got to clap back at the real thing that you're supposed to be clapping back. And that's the enemy. Clap back at the enemy and tell him, you can't have my life. You can't have my mind. You can't have my spirit. You can't have what God says that I'm going to be. You can't say what God says I can't do because I'm going to do it. Because greater is in me than he that is in the world. 
You got to clap back. And that clap back can't be you coming for somebody that's trying to help you. The clap back is for you to clap back at the enemy. And it says when they got into it and God told him to speak to it. He, Ezekiel began to speak to him and then God told him, um, then the, then the, the bones become to, became to come, uh, begin to come together. And that's what a clapback is. You got to listen for the noise. The clapback is the noise that helps you stand up as you continue to rise up into what God calls you to be. And it be, then the skin become to, begin to come back on your body. And then your mindset begins to change. Then your words can change once your mind changes. Because the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Your mind is a terrible thing to waste. And if you don't align your mind up with the Lord, you will stay down. You will stay stuck. You will stay defeated when God is trying to get you to clap back. Clap back into your original state. Clap back into what he called you to be. Clap back into what, what the enemy's trying to keep you down. Clap back on that suicidal thought. Clap back on that mentality. Clap back on those things that they say that you can't do. Clap back on the enemy when he's trying to defeat you. Clap back. Clap back. Clap back. Somebody tell somebody, clap back. Clap back. Clap back on that mentality. Clap back on that fear. Clap back on that insecurity. Clap back on the mentality that you've been carrying all your life. Clap back on your words. Clap back on, on that person that thinks that you can't get nowhere. Clap back. And as you clap back, you begin to stand on your feet. Stand on your feet, baby. You begin to stand on your feet. And you stand in a stance that come hell or high water, nothing going to separate you from God. I don't care if they sway you to the left, sway you to the right, kick you forward, kick you back. You stay in position at all times. And you use your clap back for what matters the most. Last thing God asked Ezekiel, he said, Ezekiel, can, can, um, I need you to speak for me. I need you to speak life because you can stand up and you could be in a stance, but you could still be dead. So you can still be standing like me and Isaiah standing right now. And we looking straight ahead, but we dead. We lifeless. We can move. We got some form of activity, but we lifeless. And it comes from the things that we say about ourselves, the things that we believe about ourselves, the things that we have received about ourselves. But God asks Ezekiel to speak to the wind. And I thought this was very interesting because I'm like, you know, you've been told this story forever and you heard it in church about the dry bones. They sing the song. They do all kinds of stuff with the dry bones. But the part of leaving out that God breathed his breath into those bones and provided life. But no one ever deals with the time that he stood us back up, but we never even received his breath. 
And so we breathless when we're standing here trying to figure it out. We breathless. And it wasn't until he blew on him that life became back into his body. He blew into him and he began to receive himself again. And that's where your true praise come from. It's when God breathes new life into your body. Then ain't no way that you can stay the way you were. Because he done breathed new life into you. So because he's breathing new life into you, my sisters and brothers, why are you still dead? I didn't even ask this baby to stand up. She stood up on her own because she received the wind that was blowing from the four corners of this building and knew that God was like, stand up. Stand up. And now she can receive the breath of God and not Lady Mel's breath because ain't nothing my breath can do but stink unless I take uh, brush my teeth in the morning. But the breath of God will give her life and her limbs will begin to shake. And then she will become into alignment with God. And then her hands can go up freely because can't nothing tear her down when God breathes his breath into his, her life. We can come up here and talk all day long. We can give you all kind of scriptures. We can spit all in this microphone that will be wiped off after church. But the thing is, when God's breath goes on you, that's when you stand up for real. That's when you can move. Move with me, baby. That's when you can move. That's when you can get where you need to be. And you don't have to keep stopping. And you don't have to keep going back. Because the thing about it is, in order to even say any of these things, you got to have faith. And your faith has to be in an internal conviction for an external action. I say it for you one more time. Please write it down because it is solid. Um, faith, an internal conviction for an external action because God breathed new life she got on the mask we ain't gonna get Rona she began to move Isaiah and then once she began to move Isaiah began to move because the breath is just going all over the four walls and it's and he's breathing and God in the last scripture he kept breathing. He told Ezekiel to breathe, to speak to the wind. And his breath began to mobilize his people again. And he kept breathing breath until the very last person was able to have movement. And once they had movement, then God formed his army. And his army was strong. And his army was together. And his army didn't speak against each other. But his army spoke with each other. His army stood with each other. And those that had a, a more wiser mind was able to impart into another generation the life 
that God had for them and not what I want for them. And they stood strong as a strong army ready to conquer the enemy. And so they not move when life takes us for 65 years in oppression. They not moved. And if they are moved, they know who they moving with. They moving with Christ, son of the living God. And whatever life may take them and whatever may happen in their life, they able to stand and say, my life matters. My life matters. I was created with a purpose and a plan that I will fulfill at any means necessary. And people of God, we got to believe that about ourselves. We got to believe that God is speaking in this season, even if we can't not hear him for all the noise. It's a lot of noise going on right now. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of opinions and a lot of chatter, but we have to stand as an army. And our army might not look just like brown people. Our army might look like unified people in the body of Christ. It looks like a unified body, Christ. Christy, can you come up here for a second? And that unified means, that don't mean that she has to look like me, be like me, sound like me. I'm sitting up here with a back out. I know you please don't take no screenshots of my back out, y'all. But I'm sitting up here looking totally different than your typical first lady. But that's how God's kingdom looks. And I stand with my sister side by side for the kingdom of God. And this is how we form armies. This is how we speak in the midst of all kind of chaos. We don't side eye each other. We don't look at each other's side eye just because certain individuals choose to do certain things. I trust this girl with my life. This is my sister. This is my sister. She goes before the Lord on my behalf. And when I'm weak, she lifts me up. And she accepts me for being gangster boo. And she understands that I get real hood at any given moment. But she is my sister and we ride hard. She has a little cute way of praising God. I'll go head first with him. But we love God. We love God. And we love him together. And that's the unity of the body of Christ. And that's what I believe God is doing in this particular season. And if you're ready to form an army of believers to tear the enemy's camp down and break up his systematic evilness, stand on your feet and be able to come together collectively in unity and in strength. She shouldn't have to walk in this door and feel some type of way. And I shouldn't have to walk in some of her doors and feel some type of way. We are one in Christ. We are one in Christ. When these things begin to happen, this was the very first person that called me. And she said, you good? I said, I don't know how I feel. And she said, she always says, friend. I said, no, you my sister. And she said, friend. I said, no, you my sister. Because you're my sister. And she always say, friend. No, Christy, we, we sisters for real. We look just alike, right? Uh, <laughs> but so she asked me, well, was I good? I said, man, I feel some type of way. I really feel some type of way. Because I know what it feels like 
to be ostracized. I know what it feels like to be awkward. I know what it feels like to be different. And she came alongside me and she held my hand and she walked me through some of the darkest times of my life. And for that friend, I am grateful for you. Sister, yeah. See, she said, I ain't a friend, I'm a sister, yes. <laughs> so for real, we have to come in unity. God says, where there is unity, there is strength. And we have to lead by example. And I am, by any means necessary, gonna work my side of the corner. And I am grateful every time somebody comes in this door that don't look like me. And I am grateful that they even choose to allow my husband to speak to them as a black man. That means that even if we can't see anything right now, things are slowly but surely changing. And I ask you all to hold on, open up your mouth and say the things that come into alignment with God. At this time, thank you all. Um, at this time, I will, I actually wanna do an altar call of individuals that have may have you know your words have been off you don't know what to speak at this time you might be angry you might be sad you might be confused you might feel some type of way you might be just struggling with all kind of stuff in a social distance way the altar is open and I ask you all to really come because it's very important and very imperative that we work on our, on our, on our words this, in this season. That's only how it's gonna change, is that we work on what we say and how we say it. And don't even wait on me. If you know that is you, and you know that you are even struggling outside of other things, come to this altar. It's open. It's open for you. It's open for you. I can't say that once you leave here, you won't be challenged because deliverance takes time and it's a process. And yes, God can miraculously do his thing because he's God. But at the same time, we got to work because we are human form. And if we're going to form the body and the army of God, like he intends us to, we got to do some self-assessments. And we gotta resonate our, thing, our things and our issues and schisms and, and, these, and these all unbalanced things that we have in our lives. And we gotta change our language. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.